Yeah, I'm a double major. When did you want to be a double major? Um, last spring when I impulsively decided I really love art history just as much as I love studio art. And I was looking at my expected graduation date. I was like, well, I have the time and energy to do both. So let's do both. <laughs> what is your expected graduation date? Spring 2021. Oh, so, next, so basically next year. Yeah. Okay. And um, before we go too further in, I just want to say welcome back to all new The Giant Couchman Robot Artist Talk Season 4. That little bit you just heard is from Mikey Vibal or Vibal? Vibal. Vibal. I had it. I, I said it correctly earlier. I can't believe I just flubbed that up right now. I fucked that up. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's all good. I'm so sorry. I tend to do that I, when I, I think I got it. And then when it, as soon as we're on, we start recording, it just goes out the window. Like I have a friend who has a very long Greek last name called Caldropolis. Wow. I don't know. I, and I got that right off the top of my head right here. I had to phonetically say his last name every time we did a show before he quit. He quit for for, for a separate reason. <laughs> it, it, it's not because me and him stopped being friends. We're still good friends. Just right off the bat, before we go any further... He quit for another reason, and we're not going to talk about that reason because that's very personal. But once again, welcome back to the show, and thank you, Mikey, for being on. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Because I'm going through a lot. I have a long list of people who I want to be on, and I was like, we. I'm actually calling them flakes. I'll call them scaredy cats. Because <laughs> I keep telling people, it's just your voice. You already post yourself online on Instagram. So what's the point of people being scared of hearing your voice? Oh, I love talking to people. See, there you go. That's why I wanted you on because I know you like. To, I know you like to talk to people because you're one of the few people who, like Josie, I think. I think he was. I think by the time you came in, Josie already graduated. I think. You, you, you know who Josie is, right? Josie Macias. Yeah. Okay. Um, you two technically are the only ones who come walked up to me when I'm like I'm trying to keep to my Lauren as well. Actually, no, Lauren, Allison, <laughs> Josie, and yourself. I, I this has been a common theme for those for their episode. Well, Josie's gonna mention hers, but yeah, I like to keep to myself and keep quiet. But you unafraid, you like ask me questions on um on your pieces, and I'm like, well, hell, you did a big giant chalkboard piece. I'm like, what? Uh, <laughs> you outshined I, to me you do the most perfect lines and curvature lines out of anyone I've ever seen I'm, 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 that's the biggest I'm jealous thank on that thank you I'm, 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 I'm totally jealous on that I think that's I don't know I love line I think line has always been something really important to me um I don't really write in print. Um, everything I do, I always write in cursive. So I spend a lot of time with line. I love writing things by hand. I hate typing my notes. I don't even own a computer. I hate typing. Just not my thing. I think, so. yeah, I've always just spent my time with lines. And lines are fun. You have a line and you can manipulate it into anything. Um, one of the first classes I took with Devin... Um, he had us just draw like a hundred different lines and it was probably my favorite assignment in the world because it was just like yeah this is all i want to do just lines quick question how you uh, okay since you do not do not have a computer your papers 
you still have to write a paper and turn it in like everyone else. Oh yeah, no, I have. I I do it on my iPad. Oh, oh and you have the uh, keyboard attachment, huh? No, I, I I press the microphone button sometimes, <laughs> or I just type it on like a reg the regular touchscreen keyboard. Oh my! God. I don't even like keyboards. My a five. So many paper times has... I've gone into the library and used the computers, and I'll poke the screen and totally forget that the computers there aren't touchscreen. I I've seen I've caught you do when I was still working at the library. I caught yeah, you do, I've done I, that. I've caught you do that, and I'm like. Yeah, I've done that many <laughs> times because I just don't use computers. Haven't owned one. I don't think I've yeah, I haven't owned one in a minute. <laughs> You are the first person between my age group and between, I want to say between the age of 21 and my age group who don't own a computer, who don't know how to work one. I don't have an interest in it. I really don't. I don't even really have an interest in owning a TV. Like, that's like, eh, like it's nice. Or like a computer would be, I guess... I don't know. Would you I say just, would you say you anti technology? Mostly, yeah. I think I am. I love writing notes by hand. I I just love writing. I do I love doing everything by hand. And uh, like I, if I could turn in a hard copy of everything, I would. I know professors probably love you for the fact you probably have stacks of your papers already written out. So which means is you're gonna look at a good chunk of papers like actually Ellsworth probably would love that. I love having, I save all my essays. I, all my best essays, I print them out. I've had them printed out and I just save them. Like, I love having stacks of paper. Like my favorite, I go, I finish my sketchbooks. I just love paper. Oh my goodness. I'm the type of person to finish my paper. Like I use up my notebooks till the last page. And also cause like, I don't want to kill unnecessary trees. If I can finish a notebook, I'll finish a notebook. Yeah. So. Nine Nine Sister Story is your best friend when it comes to notebooks. Exactly. <laughs> um, so that then that could uh, contribute to um, your very excellent, beautiful pieces. Then your like your total dedication to just sticking to hand, well, just um, handwriting and especially um, cursive writing has to be it. Yeah, I, honestly, I think that's what helps me be unafraid to just start mark making marks like i don't sketch anything i don't do any underpaintings like what you get is what you get uh, <laughs> and i have no interest in sketching or doing underpaintings everything i've turned in like there was no sketch that was it it was just ink on paper there's no pencil i don't really i haven't picked up a pencil in a minute don't plan to um <laughs> uh, did you start so is this with Did you start with the community college system first, or you just came straight to DH? I came straight to DH, but I started with my major as occupational therapy. Mm -hmm. And then I switched to psych, and then I switched back to occupational therapy. Oh, my goodness. And then I almost, and then I switched to English. And then I finally decided, okay, studio art it is. <laughs> and then... Is Recently, I decided on art history as a double major. And this is all within the four years? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Oof. <laughs> it's been wild. Most definitely. <laughs> what would you want to do with occupational therapy? Um, I think I didn't even... I know I didn't really want to do it. It was more of that was the only way 
out of my town and that was the only way yeah i guess that was my only way out of leaving the town i grew up in with my parents so i was just like you know what i'll take it there's only two colleges in california that offer ot as a major and that's either dominican in san francisco or dominguez and dominguez was more my budget and i've been familiar with la i like would come to la all the time as a kid so that's why I decided on Dominguez and occupational therapy my freshman year. Um, how did your parents um, approach? Um, did you approach your parents on what you wanted to do? And then we'll get to the part about you switching to art and how they felt about it. But when you told them, I want to do occupational therapy, but at Dominguez, how did they feel? Um, they were like, yes, my Asian daughter wants to be an Asian doctor. This is exactly what we want. Um, the st- that stereotype, huh? Yeah, and I mean, I'm the oldest and their firstborn, so got to bring the honor to the family. Had to be a doctor somehow. Those stereotypes. Um, Yeah. And then when you told them you wanted to be an artist? I actually didn't tell them I wanted to be an artist. Um, I guess we could start talking about my mental health. So upon my journey of doing all these other majors that... It's not that I wasn't capable of them. I did get good grades as an occupational when I was still doing occupational therapy and psychology. I really did have good grades and everything, but I feel like that was probably one of the most depressing times of my life. I woke up going to school doing something I didn't love, and it wasn't that I wasn't good at it. Like I said, my grades were fine. Like I had A's even. Like I was really doing well academically but mentally it was just not it um it really took me actually having to go be admitted into the hospital several times before my parents were like realizing hey and i would took me realize i feel like that was what made me also realize like i was really forcing myself to do something i that wasn't me something i really i knew deep down i didn't want to do it but it was also my only way out So I guess, I don't know, I always felt like I had to pick and choose. Either I'm happy or I'm out of, or I'm free. And I could never have both. I was either happy, but I wasn't free, or I'd be free, but then I'd be unhappy. Wow. That that always struggles, like, I want to say the internal struggle, but it's that struggle, like, you're trying to appease your family, but you're doing something you kind of want to do, but you don't really fully wanted like you know within you you don't really want to do it yeah like i i knew i always knew like i never really wanted that i knew i didn't want to be an occupational therapist deep down i mean freshman year me would have told you yeah that's exactly what i want to do and i was like no that really wasn't it was more of that was i thought what i thought i wanted to do but i knew i always loved art and i did have like one or two art classes my freshman year mm-hmm. i think i was i was taking art for non-majors yeah art for non-majors like normally for people who are trying to go into like teaching or yeah like, and it falls into like ot's are recommended that class mm-hmm. because like you can use it in occupational therapy or do play therapy so it was a recommended class and i did do it and i wanted to do it because i in high school like all i wanted to do was art like i knew i've always wanted to do art like all i ever wanted to do ever since i was a kid even when i was little my mom she remembers like we would go to the store and like she, i could have gotten a new toy or something to play with but like 
I would choose like a new box of markers or I would choose some fancy like glitter gel pens or something over like a toy like what my sister would choose or my brother. Um, so you say your mother helped foster your um, your creativity? No. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> she, she thought it was going to be a hobby or like, you know how, like a side thing, like maybe I'd have a Pinterest. Wow. So your parents, is like, yeah. it, to clarify, your parents don't know that you're you're currently registered as an, as an artist oh no now they know they know okay yeah but like like i said it really took me getting hospitalized yeah. for them to come around to it so now they're more supportive yeah so now they're more supportive and i think part of the reason they're more supportive now is because they see that my mental health has improved extremely ever since i actually dove into studio art and art history mm-hmm. like i'm doing much better than i was like my freshman or sophomore year when i was still like trying to force myself into things i definitely didn't want to do and going into i would say technically my senior year which would be your third year mentally yes. and in, um, mentally and emotionally how did you feel that i would say all through 2019 then how did you- i think 2019 was a good year for my art and me as an artist. That was a really good year. Would you say um, it's the environment? Because I always said the DH, the DH Arts Collective, not, not just the Arts Collective, but the, um, the department, well, the students who make up the department has a good sense of community. Would you say that helped you? Um, I actually never felt a part of the DH Arts Collective, and I never really did anything with them except that one show you curated. Really? You didn't do the show that was in the spring of that year? Oh, wait. I, no, I don't think so. I think that one show you curated was the one I was the only one I did. Oh, wow. I, I feel honored. <laughs> yeah, like I never really did anything with the DH Arts Collective. Wow. Now that you go, well, the pandemic is making it hard. Do you see yourself actually reaching out more to everyone within the, um, not just the collective, but just the student body? Um, I've been doing a lot with the Queer Arts Collective at uh, our CSUDH Queer Center. That's actually where I've been putting most of my art and my effort into. Um, these students, they have, they've expressed they don't, we didn't have, a, they felt like we didn't have an art space before. And like, honestly, through my four years there, like, this is the space where I do feel comfortable putting my art and happy that I'm putting my art and effort into. Oh, I didn't. I did not realize that. I always felt that everyone had a good camaraderie. And now knowing that, now there's technically, uh, it sounds mean, but there is a division between that. Um, Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. I feel like there is. I mean, we've like openly declared ourselves as a safe space for queer students and queer artists. mm -hmm. We openly and actively invite people. I feel like we have, I feel like we have a larger group of people involved. Like we invite we invite incoming freshmen. The freshmen are involved, like people of different different levels, different backgrounds. Some people that aren't necessarily art majors are in our collective as well and get to experience our collective. Wow. Um, then this could be a good question. What would be, if, if it could be the who's the president of the collective now or in the future, where, where would you see or hope to see both the queer collective and the actual the Dominguez Hills collective coming together to actually be one, or would you like to be separate? I wish it could be one. I really do. And that was what I was 
That was like what I was originally wishing for when I was first introduced to possibly joining the DH Arts Collective. I was asked to join and I was asked to participate, but I didn't feel it was necessarily the safest space for me as a queer artist and as a girl. Like just being a woman, I didn't feel like that was it in these past years. And I feel like even when I brought those matters to attention, I don't know, like I felt like they weren't addressed or they were poorly addressed. That is that is a revelation I did not know. I know it being the most quietest person is not it does not help anyone, especially myself. So I can apologize for that on my. Oh, no, all good. But yeah, I don't know. I just I feel like. But I understood why some of these things weren't necessarily either talked about or why they weren't even thought about because, you know, you were many of the people that were a part of the DH Arts Collective before, like, you guys aren't queer or you aren't girls. Like, I understand, like, you wouldn't know unless we told you. Yeah, that is true. I I feel, and I was doing this and then being more outspoken than I've ever been in the last... I fuck it. For the last 20 years of my life. Um, I feel now more than ever, we should be more inclusive, more understanding and reach out and just be like, like, let's set, let's, those who are straight and specifically yes men, we should just shut up and listen. And like, and yeah, I don't know. Like, it's not even, I don't even know if I really wanted inclusivity, inclusivity or whatever it was. Like, I didn't want to feel like I was the person being included. I wanted to feel like I belonged. And I knew that at the time, the DH Arts Collective just wasn't that for me. Like, I didn't feel like I belonged. I didn't want to feel included. I wanted to feel like I belonged in that space. I wasn't just that add-on that you made room for. Okay. I, I Then I would say, I guess it's better, not guess, I feel it's better to have two separate clubs where... You have a space that's comfortable for everyone that feels like they they're welcome there while you have your separate group where it is well everyone is welcome but it's just it's there if for the in terms of context and resource property yeah like i have the understanding that everybody was welcome but mm-hmm. i just wish that welcomeness was maybe more outspoken um you think is terms of leadership yeah i guess in terms of leadership like i don't know like every time i was asked for something from the dh arts collective like they would say hey invite people hey bring people and i like i was like and i did that i did like i invited and i brought people i brought people that previously weren't even interested in being in an art show people i even brought in people that weren't even art majors um speaking of art shows it just it, it'll still stay on topic but in a way, changed it. Would you have have the your collective? Well, no, have that collective created any art shows? Um, we only recently started, but we are we did have a zine, and we had like an opening night for our zine that we did. A couple other um, people from the DH art department were a part of this zine. Um, Bridget and Cato. They were a part of the zine for the Queer Resource Center, and that was really cool of them. This is before um, the pandemic, before the pandemic shut down? Or yeah, this was before the pandemic. But actually, um, for the Queer Arts Collective, 
We're going to have an artist talk soon with Derek. When would that be? Um, we're planning for October 19th. And I will be the one kind of moderating the talk and helping with questions. And just having us all just chat with Derek about what it's like in grad school, what it's like as an artist in a pandemic. Okay, and let me do a shameless plug. Derek's episode on Artist Talk will be um, should be up now. Just just clarification. Just <laughs> so you get one with Mikey. This is gonna be on Zoom. Um, do they have to? Um, do, uh, will they have to direct message you for a link? Or to your, um, um, or yeah, you? you could DM me for a link. We're pro- we're likely gonna post it on the um, QCRC Instagram. But yeah, you can DM me for a link, and I'll send it your way. You know, I just realized something. More than likely, your episode would be up sometime in November. So by the time your episode is up, that 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 talk would already be been passed. Oh! If we would have done this a month ago, then it would have been good timing. Yes, I'm sorry. My bad. It's all good. Everything is just like this pandemic has been wild. It like, has. Like I legit told, I was telling um, Jackie the other day. I have not seen anyone since March. But then, technically, I'm not by this point. I'm an alumni. I'm gonna barely see anyone in the first place. So I mean, you could stop by, come to our senior show if we have a senior show. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna keep it 100 with you. Uh, great how everything is going here in America. We're probably think... not gonna have a senior show. No. We're gonna have like a world war before we have a senior show. Yeah. Like. Yeah. I felt, I think for you, for um, your class, it should be a virtual show. It's proven that you can do a virtual show. Um, it just takes to how it's, how it's approached, how is it broadcast, how is it filmed. I have like a thousand, well, not a thousand one. I have like five good ideas how to approach it, but I'm not a professor nor... I'm just an alumni, just a student. Yeah, I've thought of ideas, too. I've seen other people, they did, like, a drive-in art show, and I thought that was pretty cool. And that will be technically hard, because we don't know how the weather's going to be by the time we get to your senior show. Problem. We don't know the weather. Not everybody has a car. Yeah. Um, I I still feel like a a virtual show can definitely work. Because I I seriously do feel this climate, no one's not listening. Everyone is just like throwing people under the bus or just the hate that just it, just it took the pandemic to show the hate that's out here it really did and like people say no there's no racism there's no transfer well i don't know i'm like i'm sitting there like there i is. grew up in a really conservative town so i kind of feel like i always was exposed to it and knew it was there oh yeah yeah i i've I, I seen all the news about bakersfield <laughs> nothing good ever my my cousin. The only thing that that good that came out of Bakersfield is corn. Um, yeah, exactly. We have corn, and that's yeah, that's it. We have corn. No, Jonathan Davis from corn. That's all we have. Yeah, and I was gonna say, I tell my cousin of all the places to move to Bakersfield. She's like, my house is cheap. Of all the places to move, Bakersfield. I'm like, yeah. It's not it. And I'm like, and I, I do know the conservativeness of that town. In Sherman Oaks, just recently, a person on Twitter. Um, who I follow, the whole town of Sherman Oaks yelled, get these niggers out of our state. And I'm like, California is originally part of Mexico. You don't own this. Exactly. Like, I don't know. Bakersfield was something else. Like, wow. 
Oh, I'm so glad I'm out of there. Have you? Well, hell, we all have experienced hate in some form or way. But someone who, well, help someone who's younger than me and who I would say I'm more of an in-house person. I know you like to be out and about. I see you hanging out at the beach, the pier. Well, pre-pandemic, but recently you and ZL hung out. Who episode? Oh yeah. Who's who's gonna be episode number one? So ZL and Mikey are on the same season. Hey, that's my homegirl. <laughs> But for someone who's uh, like, I've seen help for the last 30 years, but for someone who's not black, obviously, but still, I don't know how to frame this question, but still, I'm trying to stay on track. How, for someone who live in a very conservative town, and then now this pandemic is actually showing all this hate, and especially hate towards, that was, this. actually, this is a good question. Do you identify straight or do you identify as specifically queer? I identify as queer. Okay, just making this making it very clear. Um, but seeing it more now, you see the more you see the hate just like in general throughout more than I oh, well, I would because you're on the streets more than I am. Not in that way. I'm not trying to frame the yeah. streets that way. I, I, oh no, I love the streets and the streets love me. I have a my friend is looking at me like I'm still like I don't need backseat lookers. I'm just. <laughs> Sometimes I like to have other. Um, <laughs> I, sometimes my brothers or I have a friend over and they see me do this. So if I say something, you can you can let me know if I say anything bad. I have a friend looked at me when I said the streets, and I'm like, it can only it could be many things. Like when someone. Oh no, me, it's all good. So I'm sorry because when somebody told me, "Are you on the streets?" I'm like, "I'm black." What do you mean by I'm on the streets? What 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 that what that what that mean, fool? I, I like it. I like to do that to people. Fuck with them, but <laughs> staying on target. Um, to go back towards um, to school though, how did you? Because because I, I mentioned before we started recording, and I don't think we got a definitive answer. How did you able to navigate through specifically most of the painting classes with just doing ink? How did I do that? Um, because. I went into Devin's office hours and I was like, yo, this pain is not it, man. Like, I cannot. And it was just, I showed Devin what I do as my art. Like, I told him I'm not a painter, but I'm going to show you what I can do. And we just ended up letting me do what I do. Like, he said, it's okay. You don't have to paint. And I was like, all right. Thank God. Like, I can finally show you something good. I can finally turn in something worthy. I know because I'm, I'm looking at it. I'm going to go to your recent one. Well, not recent one. It's more, I want to say it's back in, it was 13 weeks ago. You called it Illuminating Disposition. You already sold it. I will, I will put a link to her social. So if y'all want to pick up one of her pieces, you should. I'm broke because of the pandemic. So I can't pick up a piece. But I can promote it. You guys should buy art from me. It'd be great. You guys would pay off my like student debt. Because I am loving the, it's like the iridescent colors. It looks like, like if you look at from far, when the light hits it, it looks, it's gold. But when that other shadow and the light hits it, you got the iridescent colors coming through. That is fire, Mikey. Thank you. I'm glad you love it. Because I'm, and I just now noticed my comment, Marvelous. So uh, the only reason I use Marvelous, because I was playing Marvel versus Capcom. So I like to use words from video games sometimes, so. It's still marvelous. You should marvelous Mikey. That should be that should be your, uh, your IG name, marvelous Mikey. That would be cool. Um, this is another. This have you taken any sculpture classes? Uh, yeah, I have. I'm not very good at those either. 
<laughs> so interdisciplinary art is not is not something you want to uh, approach more just sticking with inks um i think i am gonna stick with ink yeah i'm i don't know i still consider myself an interdisciplinary artist i feel like my writing and my research in art history definitely counts yeah because i'm looking at because when you said writing the first thing my thought went to was basquiat because he not only did painting he was also like in a way a photographer looking at the human form the the, the person and then he always was able to find the words to attach it with his pieces um so i i do consider that when you you take writing and you mix it with painting you can create a piece for that i can definitely see it because you always have something beautifully written or you have one of the best titles to each piece um besides student debt do you see yourself continuing on like going to grad school to get your master's i want my phd my oh. parents are gonna get a doctor just not a medical one. Oh, you going for the doctor oh okay do you I think? Really, maybe not right away because financially and the whole pandemic i'm not really sure i want to spend that much money on a phd on zoom that that is very true that's why i have not signed up for grad school yet yeah exactly like i don't want to i don't want to do it on zoom no because i'm like i seriously feel the united states in general will not be covid free until 2022 oh maybe 2025 with the way we're acting yes because last night if you look on the news everyone was near the staples center when the lakers won and i'm like yep there's another couple of hundred new cases yeah there were no masks nobody social distancing kind of thing but if you if you look at the news there's one guy in the bubble <laughs> so he's running around downtown la in an actual vacuum bubble like I'll, I'll celebrate with you but i'm putting myself in the bubble so i'm like that that guy is smart what was that he took precautions he he tried his best to be safe yeah and people were not safe because i'm like i think we had over two hundred thousand more cases no confirmed cases this past year and i can say um both my uncles passed from it this year um in these last three months alone so it's very real i'm at risk of getting it hence why i have not seen anyone and i would not uh, i'm sorry i'm not risking it i'm not risking my own life to hang out with anyone even though i do have fomo when i see all of you hanging out out here i'm like i'm sorry no i like my life i mean understandable do what you need to do for you first and like obviously if you live with other people you want to protect them too yep i take care i take care of my younger brother and then i have two other brothers so it's just us four in this house and i'm like stay in your room if they go out like um one went out with his friends and i'm like all right stay in your room i'll talk to you tomorrow afternoon or, yeah or go take a shower and i'll talk to you after you take a shower because i'm like nope the only time i did risk it i hugged my friend um i was like oh my god i forgot how a hug felt and then right after she left she said i'm gonna go take a shower i was like me too <laughs> <laughs> i was like because we both totally forgot because we have not seen one another for like a minute and we just like went straight without thinking and i was like oh well this is what, what can you do um last question before we head out it, time flew by I, I could just say that yeah it did what are you working on now not just for school because i know you're still currently um in this current semester 
but personally for yourself, what are you working on? What am I working on now? I think the thing I'm working on most is just enjoying the feelings of what it is to just finally have. I honestly can say, like, I feel like I have everything I want right now. I mean, obviously, I would love in-person class and I would love my student debt to be paid off. But my relationship is happy. My art is really happy. I feel like I've been making more art more frequently. Mm -hmm. And Instagram's really motivated me to do that because, like, I have a particular way I want my feed to look. And if I don't make something to post, it won't look the way I want. So that pressure's there. And it's been good pressure. And I think... Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, and I think another thing is I just everything I want to do with my research is going well. Like, I've just been learning a lot, and I feel like Instagram has been the place where I find queer artists, I find women artists. Mm-hmm. Like, I just find that kind of space, and that was the space I feel like I've been looking for all this time. And I just who knew I had it in my phone. There you go, and also. What are you? What is the research you're working on? Now, now I'm curious. What is this? What is this research? My art history research. Um, it's been more in. I've been doing a focus of critical thinking in the contemporary and how to critically think during this time. This time where we're finally speaking up about sexual assault. We're finally speaking up about femicide. Here we are talking about racial injustice. And I, my history and my research has just been rooted in how to navigate those things and how to critically think through that. And to just upgrade people's way of critical thinking. I grew up in a very conservative town and for the longest time, I was that person. I was very much colonized. I was very much, I was very much pro-white supremacist, I can honestly say. I mean, yeah, I was a child. Yeah, I was in high school. And I was just going with whatever my teachers told me, whatever my parents taught me, whatever like the community of conservative Bakersfield was teaching me. I was just going along with it. And it took a lot of unlearning. And I feel like it's just been the most beautiful experience to unlearn things. A lot of my self-hatred, a lot of issues with my mental health were, I could honestly say, rooted in colonialism. Rooted in me thinking I had to be white, me thinking I had to get rid of my Filipino accent, me thinking I had to just pack peanut butter and jellies for lunch and not like the Filipino food my dad made because I was so ashamed of it. I'm, I'm, I'll say this one thing: don't knock on the, don't knock the PB and J. It's the struggle meal of, <laughs> of the person on EBT. I'm just saying, don't knock the PB and J. That's, yeah, like, that's, that's, I don't know. That's the, that's the one thing. That's the one thing I'll take out of that. Don't knock the PB&J. I don't know about other people. I know for me, as someone who's struggling with money, PB&J has saved me from nights and days without eating. I'll say that. When I was a kid. Now, I'm fine. But when I was a kid, we didn't have anything. We got in there. We got the, we got the struggle peanut butter and jelly. You know <laughs> Yeah, like, I don't know, I feel like a lot of my art now, even though it's maybe not explicit, a lot of my art is just me being at peace, and I think maybe that's, I feel like that's a huge reason on why I don't sketch and why I just go straight in on it, Mm -hmm. because I just let whatever happens, happens, and even when I make mistakes in my art, like, my art forces me to deal with those mistakes and make something beautiful. When you say explicit, what do you mean? I feel like there's a lot of things 
that I know are in my art, but people won't know are in there unless we talked about it like we are now. Okay, so like, was when you say explicit, my first thought was people assume it's sexual or it's giving a message where it's offensive to them, but it's not really offensive to someone like me and you because we we talked about your art, and I see it as beautiful. You approach you putting yourself into this work so people can know you a little bit more better while the outside person who don't know jack jack shit probably like oh that's offensive to me yeah i don't know sometimes i love the word offensive and i kind of love when people maybe think i'm offensive i don't know sometimes i don't know maybe i the way i rethink offensive is like there are so many beautiful things that are offensive and all the things I've found beautiful in my life are offensive. Queerness is offensive. Being pro hope, hot girl summer, it's offensive. It really is. Being an educated woman ha- has always been offensive. I would have been burned at the stake by now because of witch trials. Yeah, that, that history is never going to go away. Yeah, women being literate, it's offensive. Women researching, offensive. Women and I'm glad I'm offensive. Women being able to vote is offensive. To exactly. Like, the most offensive things have been the greatest things in my life. And you know what they're all tied to? White colonialism. Exactly. White colonialism. I don't know who let the Pillsbury Doughboy act up, but... <laughs> And if any of you people of color is in the get out, get out. Don't make me take a cam- my camera phone and flash it on your face to get you out, damn it. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad, like, growing up as an adult, I eventually held myself accountable. Yes. I unlearned all these things I thought were true. Like, again, 15-year-old me would have celebrated Columbus Day. 15. And now here I am, like, promoting, promoting other artists I see, promoting female artists. Yeah promoting like it wasn't i think one of the best people i found and i want everybody to research her just look her up on instagram her name is chink pink and she is roughly 5'3 she has braces has acne and she walked in um the fenty lingerie show and it was just the most amazing thing to see a filipina with medium skin tone monolid eyes braces acne everything i was when i was 15 to see her in rihanna's lingerie show that was just the most empowering thing i've ever seen in the world and all she wears is pink everything about her is pink a very offensive color i don't see how pink is offensive i probably oh i think femininity is offensive I think it's just offensive to people in general. You're too feminine. You're too soft. You like pink. You're fragile. Like, I, was I don't know why pink has just not been. Pink's just been violent. The pink tax. I've, I say for me, I've noticed within African-American culture, especially when it comes to black men, if you show, like, I like to talk about depression. I like to talk about, well, not like, I like to be open about my depression. The fact that I do have suicidal thoughts. I'm like, I don't like having to have to be the lead in something. Like when I did the art show, I'd rather have two people that I can depend on than me doing everything. Because I know I'm going to be burnt out doing it all by myself. Like, I don't mind telling people I'm emotionally compromised. Uh, but if And then me using fluorescent pinks or iridescent pinks, like anything that I feel, I feel will complement the color, 
a, a color or me being like being open. Um, like I said, I would date a trans woman. Hell, I would screw a trans woman, and that I've been told I'm suspect. Oh, I'm suspect being open. Okay, exactly. Like I don't know you. Even like today, there most cis men would probably beat up another man just for wearing pink or they're, they're, I, getting I, the wrong idea about having a pink phone. Like, don't get the pink iPhone; it'll make you gay. I know, and I'm like, get the fuck out of there, get the fuck out of here. If that's your, if that's where your mindset's at. Yeah, and I guess that's why I've all. I think I. That's why I love this model, Chink Pink, embodying everything white colonialism and cis men hate. Pink and a brown woman. I'm like, is, is, I'm t- I, I said this before, and I'll bring in a comic book reference. Um, have you seen Avengers: um, Infinity War? Yeah, I have. The Thanos snap. I I, I, I say every time, and I'm saying it again. I wish I had that that gauntlet. I'll just snap every time I hear somebody talk. Just erase them from existence. That's just the dream. A nerd. <laughs> that's, that's my nerd dream right there. It's a good dream. Yeah. But with that, thank you, Mikey, for being on. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. And thank you for letting me know more about you. Letting me know more the just knowing more than that, than I did, um, especially in terms of my time in Dominguez. Which, and then um, just just know you in general because I, I feel that we um, became better friends after this episode. I, that's how I feel. We did. We definitely did, and I'm glad we did. So if y'all want to hear Mikey again, make sure you go to SoundCloud and Spotify. Uh, preferably SoundCloud, so I, I'm not SoundCloud, Spotify, cause I, so I know who is listening because their analytics is just horrible. At least with SoundCloud, I know who's like who has the best episodes. And so far right now, Rocio is number one, Jackie's number two. So I don't want to make this into a competition, but I like the fact that the women of the Artist Talk podcast are taking the top 20 spots. Oh, I'm glad we are the women of color. No, especially, and, and actually, it's nothing but women of color, if, if no one has not noticed. <laughs> ha! Um, and well, now it's time to notice. Yes, now it's time to notice. That's why, and if anyone bitches about why it's nothing but women, women needs their voices heard than us men, so. Mm. Thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. And until the next episode, which will be with Andy, get on. I, I, I'm, I probably butchered her last name. Till the next episode. Bye. <laughs>